0: Welcome, friends. My name is Debbie Lawrence, and this is episode 14 of the Compassionate Leader School podcast. the coaching process. I often witness people ridden with angst because of inner conflict. I see clients wrestling with decision making because they feel cornered into making a certain choice. You know, there's a common sentiment where if we say we're thinking about doing something, we then feel obligated to do it. Even if later it no longer feels right. This self imposed state calls us to act based on some spoken words and eventually leaves many people holding themselves back. No longer safe to express an idea or consider a potential course of action out loud because they're afraid they'll be made to feel like they have to take that path. They stop talking about their goals and ideas. In the end, we all lose because, as I talked about in a previous podcast, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to explore. Even though we have an idea or we're presented with an opportunity, that doesn't mean we have to act on it or act on it at that moment. Instead, we need to give ourselves time and permission to To play for a while in our, I call it our sandbox of curiosity. I once worked with a client named Lorinda who initially wanted me to help her modify her business model. As a professional, Lorinda felt it was time to invest in bricks and mortar rather than continuing to travel from her home to her clients' homes and offices. When we first talked about this, Lorinda explained that she had been having lunch with friends earlier that summer when she mentioned in passing that she was thinking about securing space for her practice. Within days, her friends started inquiring about her progress with finding this location. And then later clients said they'd heard she was setting up shop and were curious about her plans. I remember Lorinda saying to me, I guess that's a sign I should have a permanent location. But there was this air of resignation about how she said that to me. And I remember she leaned towards me and added, I have to be honest, though, I'm just tired of people asking me what I'm doing, and I don't know what to say in response. It was clear that Lorinda was feeling pressured to make a decision. She also started to believe that if she didn't do something, it would signal her inability to move her business forward. The truth was, Lorinda hadn't done her homework. She hadn't taken time to really explore her options, to identify the pros and cons of being in a permanent location versus being mobile. She hadn't crunched the numbers to see the impact on her bottom line with either scenario. And maybe there were other alternatives she hadn't considered, even a happy medium between the two current options. And she knew absolutely nothing about commercial property. So this is what I challenged her to do. I asked Lorinda to decide on a period of time that she could give herself to investigate each aspect of the decision. This is a very important step because it establishes a boundary within which to operate. After careful consideration, Lorinda decided to give herself the gift of three months to just explore and only explore and to get answers to her questions. In fact, I made her make a promise that she was not going to commit to anything until the three months was up. The key to this strategy was her commitment, as I said, not to make decisions regarding space for her period during that time. This immediately alleviated any pressure Lorinda previously experienced and now when her friends or clients asked her what she was doing with her business setup, Lorinda just simply stated that she was continuing to explore her options. It's one of my favorite responses because as Lorinda reported after her first week of taking this new approach, she said it's been a real gift to have an answer for people and she said I'm kind of thinking that people are not as interested in what I'm doing, for the most part, they just want an answer and an answer that says that I'm taking some sort of action. With a renewed sense of freedom, Lorinda could now immerse herself in the challenge of making the right decision For her, she set off to learn about leasing commercial property versus buying or constructing space. She met with bankers, real estate agents, and experienced commercial property owners. She really did her homework. She heavily weighed the strengths and weaknesses in each of those options and she spent time with her accountant looking at the financial implications of the various choices she was considering. In the end, Lorinda saw that her business had grown to the point where it needed to be stationary and self-contained. By going through this process, she also discovered that her goals, her vision, and her comfort level, which is very important, were in line with leasing commercial space, and this is exactly the route she chose. In this case, Lorinda gave herself the gift of time and the freedom that came with permission to investigate all her options. For you, it could be three hours, three days, three weeks, or months, or more even. It depends on your circumstances. But give yourself a reasonable period of time and permission to indulge your need to just explore. It's one of the best ways I know for taking care of ourselves while effectively nurturing our ideas and quietly moving forward all at the same time. And when people ask you what your plans are, just tell them you're exploring some options, period. What transpired for Lorinda was a a shift away from fear-based decision-making and movement towards the self-assuredness that comes when we make a true commitment to doing what is best for ourselves, which naturally encompasses doing what's best for our business. Author and explorer W.H. Murray wrote about the power of making such a commitment in his book, The Scottish Himalayan Expedition. Here's my favorite excerpt. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the one moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would otherwise never have occurred. A whole stream of events, issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of incidents and meetings and material assistance which no one would have believed would come his way. Francine is a great example of this. With an impressive blend of education, training, work experience and community involvement infused throughout her resume, she had just left her job as a very experienced bookkeeper when she came to me for coaching. Orders from her doctor forced Francine to take time off and she was determined not to return to the same kind of, for her, toxic or unhealthy work environment. The first time Francine came to my office, She immediately talked about her desire for real change. She wanted to help people and feel personal satisfaction from her work. She shared that she knew more about, in fact, what she didn't want than what she did. And the fact for me that she had sought out a business coach was the initial affirmation of her desire to connect her passion and to chart a new course for her career. Francine talked about a number of employment opportunities that had recently come her way. Interestingly, though, they appeared to match uh, her description of her ideal job, but Francine had ruled out every single one of them. I remember her saying to me, ever since uh, she said, I told everyone that I wanted to get back to work as soon as possible, and I was asking them to keep their eyes open for me. She said, "I'm, I'm now having to wade through all these opportunities that keep coming in. And she said, don't get me wrong, I'm grateful my friends and family are helping, but I'm afraid of making the wrong decision and winding up back in a job like my last one. I wanted to learn more about what Francine really wanted to bring into her life. She had great skills. A strong work history and a solid education. She loved to work independently and was most alive when she chaired a committee at her church or when she was spearheading a project for the nonprofit group that she volunteered with. She also talked about her mother, who had been an entrepreneur for as long as Francine could remember, and she lit up when she reminisced about helping her mom over the years manage the family business. I just just wish I was brave enough to do some of the things my mom's done, I remember her saying, adding about her mom that she was one gutsy lady. Well, I could see that what sat before me was an entrepreneur who didn't know that being her own boss, setting her own agenda and running an operation the way she saw fit was what she had been yearning for all these years. Make no wonder she kept moving from job to job. So to help Francine connect with this, we engaged in an exploration of her strengths and her passions. We actually did an excavation. And from this excavation, I learned things like the fact that she loved to organize files and paperwork to tackle the challenge of creating realistic budgets. Uh, She loved to help people reach their financial goals and to handle the intimate details many people dread having to work through. I said to her, Francine, have you ever thought about launching a business, maybe a home-based business, maybe a business from a commercial space, but your own business, hang out your own shingle? And I remember my question made her sit up straight. And she looked at me and she said, how did you know that? Almost quickly, uh, even before I could respond, she started to explain why she could never have a business of her own. Her reasons included the fact that she just finished telling everyone she was looking for a job and they'd been working so hard to help her with that. And Francine continued to make her case she didn't know what kind of business she could launch. She wondered who would ever use her services, how could she market a business when she knew nothing about marketing, what would she do if she couldn't pay the bills, where would she start, who would she call, what would she call it, and who would take her seriously enough to make it a success. These questions were laden with fear and self-doubt. Every reason why she couldn't launch her own business was like a brick that Francine was using to build her wall of protection. And more than anything, I saw that Francine was as intrigued by the idea of having her own business as she was scared of the prospect of making that come true. As with Lorinda, I encouraged Francine to give herself permission to just explore the possibility, regardless of what she had told other people she was planning to do. With a short-term leave of absence from her job, Francine had already been given the gift of time. She just hadn't thought of it that way. I now wanted her to invest this time very wisely. With a new sense of purpose, she set out to unearth all of these possibilities that stood before her. She talked, man, she took this homework on like I've never seen anybody take on, on some uh, takeaway assignment that I had given them. She talked to a litany of people. Learn what a business startup was all about. She worked really hard to more clearly define the types of services she could offer. In Francine's case, the most significant shift was giving herself permission to change her mind and to consider business ownership at long last. And so today she operates as a bookkeeping and financial planning service um, business. It's home-based. Had she not given herself the time and freedom to open up and connect with what she really wanted to do with her life, I believe Francine would still be an unfulfilled woman working in someone else's office asking herself, what if? Life is about making choices. Every choice we make is either conscious, unconscious, or by default. When we weigh alternatives and decide to take a particular course of action like Lorinda and Francine did, we are making a conscious decision. In other cases, our decisions are made on an unconscious level. That's like when we discover we're acting without even thinking about what we're doing. An example might be when we eat without considering if we're really hungry, or we keep driving ourselves without stopping to assess our energy level. In these cases, we accept that things must be done, and we just do them without question. That is making choices unconsciously. Then there are cases where we choose by default, Selena did just that when her sister declined her offer to partner in a business venture. I remember Selena saying to me that therefore she couldn't pursue the opportunity. And I couldn't help but wonder why. So when I asked this question of Selena, she stopped dead in her tracks. And I remember she did. She looked like she was a deer in headlights. And she said, in that moment, I realized that I hadn't even considered the prospect of taking this on by myself. Instead, she said, I was choosing by default, allowing my sister's decision to shape my own. And so she looked at it now from a completely different perspective. That's because making choices means that you can choose Um to do them consciously, and that's what I most want you to do. And remember, making choices also means you can choose not to make a decision at any time. In fact, doing so is a decision in and of itself. Okay, compassionate leaders, it's time for your take action challenge. I want you to choose a goal that represents something you've really been wanting to make happen, and then make a commitment to give yourself the gift of, of a specific period of time to explore and only explore this idea or to entertain an opportunity or to flush out what I call an overdue dream. So I want you to write your commitment down so you can see it. I want you to write down number one, whatever the idea or goal or dream is that you want to explore. And I want you to be as specific as you can possibly be. Two, that you are committed to beginning this exploration. Give yourself a specific date. And then three, I'm giving myself the gift of X number of days or weeks or months to fully explore this. I really want to encourage you to keep the faith and to trust your intuition throughout this process because that will never, ever lead you astray. Yes, there will be moments of uncertainty, of not wanting to shine too brightly, be seen as too demanding, be thought of as too powerful, too successful, and too self assured. But that's what it means to embrace your power and to not hide the gifts and skills and talents you've been given. So, as the Buddhists teach, invest in everything, attach to nothing. This time of exploration is just about the investment. I want to end this podcast with a piece that Alan Alder wrote. He said, Be brave enough to live life creatively. The creative is the place where no one else ever has been. You have to leave the city of your comfort and go into the wilderness of your intuition. You can't get there by bus, only by hard work and risk, and by not quite knowing what you're doing. What you will discover will be wonderful, because what you'll discover will be yourself. Finally, I want to remind you, as I always do, if you haven't done so already, please go to my website, debbilawrence.ca, and sign up for this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a comment or write a review. I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, here's to giving ourselves permission to show up as open, fierce, and compassionate leaders, and always to living life abundantly. Bye for now.